How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman. Welcome to this episode of the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holzman, and the topic for today is the concept of right sourcing. And it's a little bit different than people's recognition or understanding of outsourcing. And the reason we're using this phrase is it's really a balance um, that uh, we see in daily lives. Uh, For example, I'm going to assume that most of our audience uh, probably doesn't have a cow in their backyard that they milk for milk. They go out and buy that. Well, that's been sourced to somebody else. Uh, And in our daily lives, we see this balance between purchasing services, doing things our own, uh, on our own, or some hybrid approach. And in enterprises and in businesses and in organizations, the concept of outsourcing, that phrase has been used. The, the phrase that we're trying to suggest to people is it's actually right sourcing. In other words, there's a balance, there's a mix, and there are some strategic approaches to doing this especially when it comes to the area that most of us are familiar with, which is technology. We hear this a lot. Um, And and this goes, by the way, whether you have on-site staff augmentation, you want to call them contract programmers or whatever, consultants, uh, software that you buy as a service or remote. Again, there's a balance that's there. And what we have to recognize is that a lot of these decisions – really need to be made at a strategic business level. It's more to do about business strategy than technology because there's benefits and there's drawbacks to this type of approach. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this this broadcast. So most organizations today do have this mix of purchased, leased, or rented, if you want to use that phrase, approaches. And these are decisions that you and I make all the time in our daily lives. We can rent things, we can lease things, we can buy things. And there's a mixture of those. And that's the same thing we have to look at in our organizations that's there. And that goes both for, uh, in an organization, for technology things, software and hardware, and also, of course, the human practice. Yet we've seen little written or practiced about how to determine what this balance is in the general literature that you see out there. And we're going to try to bring some insight into that with this particular broadcast because uh, some of our clients have, uh, if I can humbly suggest, benefited from our approach to this strategic right sourcing approach. There is a, an approach that is describable with a methodology and a process that both the business and technology people can evaluate all the actions and activities that are going on in the organization to determine what that balance should be. Now, traditionally, the word outsourcing um, had to do with one equation, cost reduction, cost reduction. Well, excuse me for saying this, but you can't succeed 
by just keeping re- to reducing costs. <laughs> that strategy is not going to work. You have to possibly right source rather than just reduce costs that are there. And a secondary focus we know has been the concept of now, in quotes, scarce resources. And I put it in quotes because that the concept of scarce resources could be there for a, a number of reasons. Once again, it could be cost. In other words, oh, man, that particular skill cost me X dollars an hour and, and, and uh, internally, uh, I'm going to send that to somewhere else. Some of the other skills are, are truly ones that are scarce. And the third category I want you to think about is skills that aren't needed on a day-in and day-out basis. And that's the area that we consider to be true consulting. The other things we tend to call staff augmentation with all due respect. But it's that skill that you need on a temporary basis that is unique that we look at as a true consultant rather than staff augmentation, whatever they're called. So even but these measures lack an approach to validation and verification that the actions taken actually produce the desired results. If you're looking at skill augmentation for skills, scarce skills or cost reduction, have those actually occurred? And unfortunately, a lot of studies are showing that that's a little bit of a myth. That the, the myth is that if you source to somebody else for lower dollar costs per hour, that that translates. But we have to remember there's a bunch of other costs, including the management of those skills. And as we're seeing with some of the actions that people are taking, there's language issues, there's uh, quality issues. I'm not suggesting these are across the board, but there's a whole bunch of issues that take that initial belief, belief that there is a massive cost reduction and possibly suggest otherwise that's there. The other thing, of course, is that as the dynamic changes are going on in our digital world or whatever you want to call it that's out there, we have to continually look at this balance because it is going to be a continuation. And if we really believe that sourcing things outside of our company provide flexibility and agility, then we should be able to dynamically change that balance, which is very different than staff augmentation. Once again, that phrase essentially says I'm getting around headcount controls that our organization has set up there. Sorry for saying that. But now you know that's partially true, if not fully true, uh, as we see it. So we're looking for a skill mix because there are different skills that are going on in the organization. So what we'll try to do in the brief time we have together today is to provide you with a method to look at right sourcing uh, through a logical approach. And we're going to be using our, our Enterprise Architecture Center of Excellence EACOE methodology and Business Architecture Center of Excellence BACOE Business Architecture Methodology as a hybrid to produce clarity and logic to these decisions that are out there. And the focus of these decisions should be to enable the business or mission strategy more effectively. That's the objective, the end objective. In other words, we may be reducing costs in another area which are causing us to miss 
our business or mission strategic objectives. So there's that balance. Oh, look, we just saved uh, 20% on IT costs, uh, but we just reduced our profitability by 83%. (laughs) I'm just throwing out some numbers out there. Or, man, we can't meet our strategic objectives anymore. So there's all these balances that are going on. So the lens that we're looking at has to be much broader than a specific organization unit or a specific activity that is going on. And we're going to try to do this in a prudent manner. Now, once again, to us, the objective of anything that we do, whether it's from a business perspective or a technology perspective or a cost reduction or a cost increase perspective, is to better enable the business and mission strategy. That's the end game. Everything else is a means to that particular end, no matter where you are in the organization. And bringing that understanding to everyone in the organization, we think is very, very important that's out there. So once again, traditionally we saw outsourcing talk about reducing a specific set of costs, and those were IT costs that are out there. And you see various types of approaches that people took. Some were literally bringing in cheaper resources. And you have various names going around, uh, going around those types of things. Um, offshoring is one. So that means going across the pond somewhere versus some other approaches. So people were trying to mask what they were doing, I believe, by using a different set of names. Uh, Software as a service. Now, please recognize I'm not critiquing these. I'm giving you some names that are out there that are really doing the same thing. It's shifting who is doing the work. And again, to bring some brutally honest things, what was the logic behind it? What what caused this? And of course, the most common one was cost reduction. And I believe that a lot of organizations, and there's a lot of studies out there right now that are showing, though, maybe that is not the only objective or possibly the objective uh, that we should uh, uh, be looking at. A lot of organizations were talking about improving the efficiencies that are out there. And we see that a lot r- right now with, with cloud computing. Um, and as we all know, I believe, cloud computing is really nothing new. It's, uh, this is uh, the phrase cloud computing is now what I call timesharing 2.0. Uh, we've tried this before in the past. And again, if the focus is on cost, uh, I think you're going to be seeing, and you are already seeing, if you go out there in the literature search, uh, articles about cloud computing sticker shock. Guess what? the believed cost reductions weren't there as we started studying the overall costs of the management and the technology of those areas. The other thing people were looking at when it came to sourcing decisions were complying with organizational or strategic directions or legal directions. In other words, there was new roles and responsibilities that were Uh, brought into the organization um, that possibly could be sourced a little bit different way. And, of course, a combination of all of those factors um, in in a lot of different areas that are out there. And so we see, you know, over the years, a number of different approaches 
that people have looked at to be able to, uh, to do this. Going further, refocusing the in-house staff. And we hear this a lot. In other words, let's focus the in-house staff in what's referred to as strategic directions or strategic objectives. Yet, what is the approach for determining what is strategic and what isn't? Fascinating. Well, a lot of people use the phrase, we have our core competencies internal to the organization. So let me ask once again, how are those determined? By declarations? By sitting around the table and singing Kumbaya and saying, I think it's this way? By the way, with a little bit of Cabernet, it works even better. But getting a little bit more serious here, what is the approach? What is the traceable path to these types of decisions? And that's what we're going to be uh, you know, talking about. The other phrase we hear a lot is flexibility. Flexibility or agility. We need more flexibility or agility. Now, what does that mean from a technology hardware standpoint and a talent standpoint? From a talent standpoint, it possibly means that the internal people aren't either maintaining or adding the skills they need in this new dynamic digital world, for example. Well, that's, that's a symptom of something different than just pushing these people out the door and bringing a, a new set of people with a certain skill there. Um, we all know that one of the big things in organizations is this concept of tribal knowledge uh, that comes through experience in an organization that's there. Now, technology flexibility is a little bit different, and that's one of the things that we see about this concept of cloud computing. There is this belief that if we let somebody else manage this stuff, uh, we'll have more flexibility. Well, I'm going to suggest that that is not really the case. It has to do with how you're actually developing your technology infrastructure and backbone rather than who's actually managing it. And the one that always surprised me as a reason to source somewhere else is to improve quality. Think about this for a moment. Sorry for me chuckling in this. You're outsourcing for better quality? Well, what does that say about your organization in itself? You think that's a comfortable statement? We need better quality, so we're going to make have somebody else do this. That's an indictment. That's a signal to a real serious things going on inside the organization. And then the other phrase when it comes to agility is business flexibility or business agility. We need more business agility. And the belief tended to be technology will allow us to have more business agility. Well, that's partially true. But in order to have better business agility through technology, we have to have an understanding of what the business is doing and optimize the business first, especially the business processes, before we try to mechanize them. So there's actually a sequence. If the business is complex, technology can only add to that complexity. If we reduce the business complexity, then we can add technology enablement to actually provide tremendous agility and flexibility in the organization. And coupled to the concept of cost 
is this cash flow. In other words, instead of writing a check for X bazillions of dollars for hardware or, or software, we go on the monthly payment plan. You know, $1,000 a month is very different than spending a million dollars next month. And so we see this cash flow type of thing going on as one of the reasons we may be able to do that that's there. And so we look at these cost measures and that was the primary focus and believed benefits of this. When we come back from our break, we're going to be talking about some of the other measures that we think that will also add uh, some understanding to this area. Strategic, cost, management, operation, and technical. So we're going to take a short break. We'll see you back here in just a couple of minutes, and we'll continue talking about the concept of right sourcing. Be back in a few minutes. See you soon. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back to The 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holzman. The topic of, of today is the concept of right sourcing. This concept of balancing internal and external resources, uh, both human resources and, of course, technology resources. And when we were looking at this concept on our first segment, we were talking about the various benefits which surrounded, in most cases, something to do with cost. 
that was out there. But that needs to be balanced with the concepts of what we're doing. So, for example, let's take a look for a moment at strategic activities in your organization. Now, the first question is, how do you determine what is strategic and what is tactical? Or let me put it a different way. What is your competitive advantage in your organization that makes you unique versus things that may not be as unique from a perception of your customer or your service or your product that you can essentially source to others. This is one of the areas uh, that we work with clients a lot on. In other words, determining what their core competencies are. What is their DNA? What is the unique about that particular organization's DNA that makes them different? That's what you want to capture. And you sure don't want to source that somewhere else. And you sure don't want to put that on the internet. Because as we all know, what's on the internet is published practices. Best practices cost money. DNA, the uniqueness of your organization, is what we're looking at. And that needs to stay and should stay in-house. It doesn't mean people can't help you do this. But it is your competitive advantage that's there. And this is something that's becoming more and more critical as the economy moves to an intellectual capital activity, which frankly is a lot easier to borrow. Another phrase is steal, of course, that's there. So when it comes to this, the capturing of your DNA and making sure that it is there, your core competence, well, how do we determine that? Well, I believe you'll see in just a little while, there's a process to do that. We can actually write this down and look at it and get consensus through analysis rather than consensus through fatigue or gut feel. There are ways to look at this and look at the goals that you're trying to achieve and map to those goals the things that really are unique to your organization. Another thing that people were, were finding once they, they started on this movement of of sourcing in different areas is there's continual cost escalation. It's rare that somebody says, well, in our new year, our, you know, we're going to charge another 3% or 2% or 6% or X percent, whatever it is. Why we believe there'd be an isolation there is frankly beyond me. There, there really wouldn't be. Um, you know, costs internal and external, there may be an initial bang that occurs, but after that, there's that same pace, whether it is talent shortage or whether it's inflation or whether it's XYZ or QRS or whatever it is, it's, it's going to continue on there. Another thing that people are facing is this concept, and it's just easy to put it this way. I, I don't like to come up with fancy schmancy words, control. The more people that are playing in your sandbox, the less control that you have. Because it turns out that what you thought was the boundaries of your sandbox really weren't. There are, you know, things that are beyond that. I hate to use the phrase, but I'm going to use it, split loyalty. If these aren't your stuff, this isn't your stuff, it's somebody else's stuff or somebody else's people, there's a split loyalty that's there. Get over it. It's going to happen. <laughs> and and to think that it's not, you're 
you're being naive. There's going to be a split loyalty that's there. It doesn't mean that it's bad, but you have to recognize that, that there's going to be some split loyalty, which means there's loss of control. And of course, you also don't have the ability to control those resources as well, whether it's the human resource or the technology resource that's out there. Now, all of this was revolving around the concept of, you know, if we write this down and if we have 6,483 pages in a service level agreement, everything will be wonderful. Well, I can't tell you how many organizations we've had the privilege of working with that have mass numbers of attorneys and, and other everybody else looking at the SLAs. It's point, pointing fingers. And that, of course, occurs when things don't go right. Uh, you know, that's out when things are going well, people tend to, let me use the phrase, sort of ignore that. When things are going um, a little bit poorly, we're looking at the chapter and verse. Well, um, you know, we gave you uh, 39.7 hours, and that's what the contract says. Well, the job wasn't finished. Well, we understand that. You paid us for hours, not for a delivery mechanism that was out there. And there's, of course, there's all sorts of other things. And as the relationship, whether it's the piece of hardware or software or human beings, uh, became a little bit stressed, there sometimes was deterioration of services that were out there. And then the other thing that we have to recognize is that if there is a cycle of human capital or a cycle of technology capital that's changing, the outsourcing vendor has to have that same investment. Oh, it's economies of scale. Okay. Uh, nowadays, it's a whole different story. We're not talking about buying mainframes for 20 or $30 million in general. Of course, people are doing that and still buying them, which is great. But the incremental cost of capacity, the incremental cost of capacity, whether it's the human capital or the technology capital, is radically different than even a decade ago. The incremental cost is a pittance compared to what it was before. We've got to rethink this concept that cost is the driver that, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's out there. Very, 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 very important that's there. Now, along with this, the concept of right sourcing, we've got different stakeholders we have to think about. Management. So, and whether, you, whether these are the executives uh, of the organization, uh, you know, lots of different phrases, once again, for the term of a boss <laughs> that's out there. Um, there's constraints and things that they have to recognize. Um, you know, there's human resource things they have to look at. There's the competitive environment, uh, the legal environment there. The refreshing of ideas are all those management things that they have to wrestle with because there is no steady state. The motivation and the logic when it comes to right sourcing of project leaders. Project leaders, when they have a mixed set of talents or sourcing, whether it's, again, hardware, software, or human, it's more difficult to cope with that. And that takes a big talent, a human talent, not filling out timesheets. It's a management talent. It's management of human resources, management of vendor relationships, management of software and hardware activities that are out there. Less to do with technical skills than it has to do with 
human soft skills. And that's a talent that we don't see very much when it comes to people thinking about sourcing decisions. The best technical person may not be the best person to manage this sourcing mixture. And that's why we keep using the phrase right sourcing, right sourcing that's, you know, that's out there. Then we have the in-house people. This is a human challenge also, not a technology challenge. Because all of a sudden, there's this mixture feeling. Mixture feeling. And I remember back, uh, yes, I've been around Earth for a couple of days, uh, when one of the biggest changes in, in this sourcing decision occurred in Detroit, Michigan, Uh, between General Motors and Electronic Data Systems, EDS. And we were one of the consultants working on some projects during that time. And all I can say, it was difficult, being as kind as I can be. Uh, It was a very difficult situation. Um, You know, people say, you know, who actually bought who? I'm not getting into the politics or the cost or anything else like that, but very difficult for the, especially the internal General Motors badged people to see this other resource come in here and start changing things, manipulating things uh, that have possibly been the domain of the people in the organization, once again, the, the human side. And of course, the last set of stakeholders we have to consider is actually the right sourcing or outsourcing organization that's there. And so you've got the management activities, you've got the project leaders or project directors or project managers, the in-house developers, the in-house people, in-house staff, and of course the external staff. So all of these different uh, people, all these different people have different motivations and different understandings of this new balance That's why we use the term right sourcing. It's a balance. It's not a yes or a no. It's a balance that's out there. And there's expected benefits that are going to be different for each one of these that we have to actually look at. From a managed perspective, a lot of people talk about quality, which again is my head scratcher. If quality is an issue and your internal staff isn't meeting the quality perspectives, perhaps it's time to look in the mirror a little bit. Uh, that's out there. Wait a minute. We're, we're resourcing for quality improvements? Well, what the heck does that say about us? Sorry about being a little bit direct here. Okay. Predictability of costs. We hear that one too from a management perspective. Well, what does that say about project management? Again, we we got to start looking in the mirror here a little bit rather than saying, well, I think the best way to do this is have somebody else do it and I can point the fingers. Now, point the fingers approach is a, is, is a great way to get us uh, um, a profitability, right? No, it's not. <laughs> and so we have to rethink this whole thing that's there. So from a management perspective, what we're looking for, in my opinion, is the overused phrase flexibility slash agility. And that is a talent that the management has to look at as a balancing act that's going on there. And we've seen this time and time again uh, when people look at 
over technology, over technolization. I don't even know if that's a word or not that's out there. Just think recently, for example, uh, what happened with Tesla um, when uh, Mr. Elon Musk had to add human resources uh, to building the automobile because the robots couldn't do everything that was out there. Once again, that balance is going on there. That balance is going on. And so we have the situation where you have a various set of we have various sets of stakeholders that are out there. And what we can suggest is when we get into this environment, what we have to recognize is that we have added complexity. I'm not saying don't do this, please. But we've added complexity to the process when we have all of these different stakeholders that have a vested interest in cooperation, but also separation. And again, that's that mixed loyalty that I was talking about. And therefore, the anticipation needs to be looked at and recognized it's not simple. You're adding complexity to this, and we have to recognize that. And then we have the personal feelings, the sentiments that people have. Well, they're bringing these people in because obviously they didn't think we were doing the job. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. That's that motivational aspects that we're, we're talking about. And so we look at all of these different variables and we're going to suggest there is a logical process that we can use that we're going to be discussing in just a few minutes that begins with recognizing what are the strategic objectives? What are the goals that we're trying to achieve? And once we have that recognized, we can start mapping, first of all, the processes that we need to achieve the goals. And once we have that mapping, we can then look at the human resources. And that's where right sourcing starts being transparent and traceable. We can say this particular goal is strategic to our organization, which makes these processes a core competency of our organization, parentheses, that's our DNA, we're not going to source that to anybody else, and we must maintain that competitive edge whatever it takes, because this is us. This is us. This is our strategic benefit that we provide to the world out there. This is us, and we have to keep working on it and bringing more and more value in that particular area. And then from that, we can then again map the resources, the human aspects, and the technology, and bring a balance to say, for example, the strategic goals that we have that map to the processes that we need to achieve those, those particular ones will be insourced. The other ones we can look at resourcing or right sourcing. And so we can see a pathway that people can look at and manipulate and change over time as the dynamics going on, they go, go, go forward. We call that the concept, the concept 
building a baseline for addressing and managing continuous change. We need to have a set of descriptive representations that human beings can understand to make this balance forward and backwards. And it's going to continually move back and forth. There's not a one-size-fits-all activity. We're going to take a short break. When we come back from our break, we're going to talk about a process that we would suggest that you can use to move forward. And so I'll give you a guideline as to how we can move from our present state activities to a more right-sourced environment. You're listening to myself, Sam Holzman. This is the 2020 Enterprise. We're talking about right-sourcing. See you back here in just a couple of minutes. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. You are listening to The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to The 2020s Enterprise. Welcome back to The 2020s Enterprise. Uh, I'm Sam Holzman, and the topic uh, for today is the concept of right sourcing right sourcing, coming up with a balance between internal and external resources, both human resources, technological resources, all the resources that are there. And this is something that you and I do in our daily lives. And we suggest that the same type of logic, same type of thought process needs to be done in organizations. And that's why we're trying to move away from the term outsourcing. It's really right sourcing. It's a balance. And as I mentioned in our previous, uh, one of our previous segments, we have this balance all the time. 
in our daily lives, we do it all the time. Hey, let's go out to dinner tonight. We've outsourced that. Hey, let's cook at home and grill at home. We've insourced it. Hey, let's grow our own tomatoes this particular year. We've insourced it. Hey, let's go out to a farmer's market and buy some tomatoes. We've outsourced it. Every day we make these almost unconscious decisions. We don't think about right sourcing. We just do it based on a set of parameters. Some of them are emotional, <laughs> frankly, and some of them are very logical, you know, that, uh, you know, that we see, uh, you know, we see out there. And we see this mixture going on all the time. And, and you know, I have, some, I have some friends that enjoy an adult beverage every once in a while. And uh, they've decided to make their own beer. I said, oh, gee, that's an interesting, you know, area. Uh, you know, okay. I've insourced that particular activity. Uh, some other people like to go to the adult beverage places and uh, walk into a place that has 100 taps and different kinds that are out there. Which is correct? The answer is yes. The concept, once again, of right sourcing. So we're going to bring those concepts of right sourcing to businesses and enterprises. And it starts off with, in, in our human element, we talk about a little, as I mentioned, we talk a little bit about a subconscious type of thing. We're not sitting there with a matrix or a tool in front of us making these strategic decisions on whether we're going to go out to dinner or not tonight, rather than make our own. But in an organization, we possibly have to make it a little bit more logic. So the first thing we want to do is a little bit, excuse me, let's put a plan together. Oh, uh, here we go, planning paralysis. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about starting off and saying, number one, number one, what is the objective of what we're trying to do? A measurable objective. And measurable objectives are not improve costs, value employee, value customers, improve productivity. Those are platitudinal statements. Those are like a table of contents in a book without content. Bobblehead nods occur there, and that's totally worthless. We've got to get to a more descriptive representation, measurable results, time-bound that we can understand of the things we're trying to do. That's the most critical thing that I'm trying to bring to our audiences. We need to understand what the objective is. And each one of these objectives need to be smart. And you may have heard that phrase before. And smart generally stands for the S-M-A-R-T, strategic S. M, measurable. A, accountable or actionable. R, results-oriented. And T, time-bound. Those five letters are so important for every objective or goal or critical success factor. There's so many crazy names out there, it's nuts. But basically, whatever you're trying to do, and I use the term goal, You've got to have the S-M-A-R-T or else you're going to miss it. And that's hard. That's going to probably take you more time than anything else. What are we trying to achieve? What is the measurement that, we're, that we have 
that will show that we've achieved that over what time frame and what results are we expecting. And when it comes to right sourcing of anything, whether it's cloud computing or, or software as a service or whatever it is, we start with that. And people say, well, but everybody's doing it. Yeah, okay. Well, that may be your strategy, and that's probably a strategy for bankruptcy. How's that for being a bit direct? So we have to start off with a series of understandings of what we're trying to do and balance that a little bit with the status quo. Well, you know, one of the other one of the other strategies, so to speak, is we'll just do what we keep doing. Uh, we're making money right now. Everything's fine. Uh, I'm not going to worry about you know, any of that stuff. That's a strategy. That's, that's not a, you know, well, but we're going to kick the can down the road. That's a strategy. Let's kick the can, dot, can down the road. Nobody sees it as a strategy, but it really is, you know, as we see it. And so this first phase is to figure out what the objective is of this new, of this thing that we're trying to do, both from a tactical standpoint, an operational standpoint, and a strategic standpoint. And as I said, not platitudinal statements. Our objective is to lower costs. Any question? Yeah. Lower costs tries to ensure that each payroll transaction we have will be reduced by 3% for each employee for each payroll period by the end of the year. That's a complete statement of an objective or goal. That gives me a measure, a time frame, and an understanding of what the results are. Now, the actions to do that is a different question, but we know what the end objective is, measurable, time frame, and the results. And you can do it for everything. Now, when people say to us, well, we don't have that level of granularity or detail, stop then, stop. <laughs> Just stop. Don't. Start spending money building a building when somebody says to you, uh, let's start building a building. We'll figure out how high it is uh, eventually. And the old phrase in technology was, you start writing the computer code, we'll figure out what the user has in mind later. And if you replay this and you hear that, you, you know it's kind of silly. We have to know where we're headed. Yes, we can change that. I understand that. Mid-course corrections, mid-course changes are going to happen all the time. But we've got to figure out and explicitly what we're trying to do. This is the critical element of, of what we're, we're looking at. Once we have that, the next thing we'd have to do, and this could be, by the way, this particular activity may take some time. It may not, but in order to understand the objectives of all of those stakeholders we discussed, it may take some time to do this. Because once we have that, we can start mapping into this the processes that we need to achieve those various objectives. And that mapping is going to tell us visually and explicitly through definitions, and through very understandable two-dimensional relationships that can be understood by stakeholders 
in less than 90 seconds, and I don't joke about that number, they can see the relationship between the things they need to do and the processes. Now, we're not done yet, but that'll give us a balance because what we're looking for is that right sourcing understanding. And that right sourcing understanding comes through which one of these processes or which group of these processes aren't as critical and are candidates that we can look at to have done by other people other than our own organization. Candidates. We're not looking at the vendors yet. We're not looking at the software. We're not looking at the hardware. We're not looking at all this magical and mystical stuff that make all the pain go away that you see in, in, in glossy brochures. We're not there yet. We're first trying to identify explicitly the group of candidates that are possible and the group of things that should not be sourced because they are our DNA. I want you to think about that phrase, that DNA phrase. I, th- I think it's kind of valuable. People say, well, it's, it's processes. Yes, it's processes. It could be data. It could be all sorts of things. It's your DNA. You don't outsource your DNA. What makes you different is what we have to maintain. That is your competitive advantage. And we do that not by declaration, but by mapping against the strategic objectives that you have in the organization. It's a simple visual. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's a simple visual. And the simple visuals are the most effective, the most effective. Our objective is reducing the complexity of the actions that we need in an organization. And in order to do that, we have to understand something that is quite important. And that's your brain and my brain. Not the technology yet, but what can we as human beings absorb and make decisions on? Not how many whiz-bang things we can put on one PowerPoint slide. But we need to be able to understand these things and take actions on them. I don't want a bobblehead nod. I want an understanding that's there In order for that to happen, I need to understand the capabilities of the human mind and the people I'm talking to to understand this. That's not an insult. That's a recognition that there's more to it than drawing a diagram. You know, there are models and then there are models. And so this is what we're looking at because the people that are are, are making these decisions are going to drive the rest of the cycle, so to speak, after that. So the first thing is explicit understanding of the objectives or goals that we're trying to achieve with a full definition for each one of these, and then the mapping of the things that we need to do this with, which are the processes, in other words, the actions we need to take. And I'm using just generic term of process, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's out there. Those are the two first critical steps that are out there. Once we have that, we can then start looking at a balance. And that balance is now, what are possible candidates 
of organizations and or software to be able to take some of those processes that aren't as critical and move them outside of our organization, whether it's cost or other considerations. Notice how there's some logic there. In other words, here's the set of candidates now. Now let's map those into the skills, human skills, or the software that various providers are providing, and we'll do that same type of mapping. Here's the processes that we've considered to be uh, uh, right-sourced, and here's the possible candidates, hardware candidates, software candidates, human candidates, organizations, partners, whatever you want to call them. And we'll have another very, very easy-to-understand grid that says, here's the things that we can possibly source to others, and here's the other possible candidates, software, hardware, and otherwise, to do that. And that begins the road to a logical approach to this concept of right sourcing. So coming back around, by the way, there's lots of other things that we can talk about, but in the limited time together, I wanted to give you this picture, and I hope I've been able to put this picture in your mind, of the three basic steps that we can go through to make this very, very important and critical decision. First thing is, what are the objectives that we're trying to achieve in the organization? And we have those fully formed, as we call them, goal statements. Once we have that, we need to map into that the processes that we need to achieve those specific goals that are there. So we can sort of see what's going on. And we divide those up into sort of two buckets. Bucket A, our our DNA, are the things that our organization makes us unique and makes us better than anyone else in the field. Those are our critical actions that we're talking about. And we determine those by mapping those against the goals that we're trying to achieve and the goals that are strategic that are out there. And once we have those two buckets, if I can use the phrase, the DNA strategic bucket and the other ones that are candidates, we can then map that into the possible sourcing of those other things that we're doing to other possible organizations, other possible software or hardware actions. In other words, all of a sudden we have the flexibility to say, look at all these things. We know that there isn't going to be one solution or one organization be able to do that. And then from that, we can start looking at sending out uh, possibly proposals or getting estimates or guesstimates from people at, at what, what can be done. So, in summary, right sourcing, the concept of using an architected approach to make these very, very critical decisions on what should be maintained in-house to maintain a competitive advantage and what can be sourced to others that will have and a beneficial action in our organizations, but still maintains the essence of our organization and not dilute that and allows us to concentrate our resources on making those competitive advantages even greater than they were before. We call that concept right sourcing. 
please contact me at sam at eacoe.org, sam at eacoe.org. I'd be happy to talk to you about this topic some more. Thanks for listening. This has been the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holtzman. The topic of today was right sourcing. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020s Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holtzman, again for another edition of our program next Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then. 